everyone. Welcome back to the Lifted Podcast. I'm Helen Denham, and this is a space for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So this is part two of my interview with Sarah Delane. Um, We left off last week talking about self-love and why we sometimes sabotage ourselves and get in our own way. So this episode will start off talking a little bit more about the shadow aspect of life and how we deal with that. Uh, We also talk about past lives. We talk about dimension shifting and how we're expanding as a collective um, and lots of other things, lots of goodies for you. So it gets right into it. Enjoy and thank you for listening. Okay. 
because it's an integration of all three of those. So you have the highest version of you, mm -hmm. right, which is outside the ego mind and all that, which I still maintain as the inner child, right? Mm -hmm. Different side, side conversation. Um, you have that higher version of you. Um, that is you. Some people call it your higher self. Some people call it your spirit guide. Some people call it angels. I don't care what anybody wants to call it. It's all basically you anyways. But this higher version of you is, that's the spirit side, where that information that connects to all of the collective universe that has all that information in it, mm -hmm. right? Like it's anything and everything you could possibly want to know, right? Which was what we... Um, are able to trust our intuition with, right? Because we're like, oh, there's a higher knowing, mm. right? Or a higher awareness. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got it figured out. Please tell me that something else higher has it figured out, right? Yeah. So that's the higher consciousness that's connected to everything. Yeah. But that higher consciousness then comes in and it's connected with your mind. But that higher consciousness is, uh, or that higher consciousness at the point that it connects to your mind, it's your higher consciousness's heart, mm -hmm. which is that translation that we have of our intuition. And so when it comes through your mind, which is when you get those really brilliant ideas, right? Yeah. And it can get stopped potentially through the ego, through limiting beliefs, through past patterns, through the human brain. That's like, this is going to possibly be real, right? If that gets stopped there because you didn't bring it down to translate it through the heart. Mm. And translating it through the heart, it's your authenticity. Yeah. That's your, like, that's where you determine what's, what resonates and what doesn't, what's real and what's not, or what's true and what's not for you. Right. So you need all three of those to be in alignment and integrated within you in order to have that true connection um, or that um, certainty with your intuition. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. It was. It's really helpful to understand how they're not so separate. It's all working together. So, you know, kind of alienating the mind or being like, my mind is like against me. It's just not serving us because it's all interconnected in this way. If you feel like it's not serving you or if you feel like it's not, um, you're not trusting it, right? Or mm -hmm. uh, I shouldn't say it that way. Whatever the stat, let's call it static, right? Yeah. Whatever the static is that's like, um, I, like is it my ego mind or is it my intuition, right? If that's static that's there, mm -hmm. it's because you're making it mean something and it hasn't got translated through the heart. Mm-hmm. So, Still here with it. You haven't brought that higher awareness into the mind and through the mind into the heart to be translated. Mm -hmm. If you do that, then because then you won't be in the mind. Like I said, this is where all the limiting beliefs, the human brain, the distractions, the patterns, the programs, all that false identity, all of that stuff is in here. Yeah. It's not in your heart. Yep. Your intuition is translated through your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like you gotta get through the filter of all this. Yeah. So people say, like, oh, is it my mind or my intuition? It's like, well, right now it's neither. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, too, you, you have a beautiful history with acting. And did this kind of understanding come through acting a little bit? Or did you start to understand how the, the ego and the mind and the heart kind of works through your experience with acting? Or, and what did you learn from that? Mm. Is its own spiritual process. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay. 
explain it this way. Um, like, I see actors as natural channels. Yeah. Right? Like, you're, you're bringing in, um, you're, you're making yourself available first, right, to align with a consciousness um, and a, of a character, right? A consciousness, an emotional state, um, behavior of a totally different character, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you even, you're, you're given just lines, you're given words, and in order to make that character come to life, you have to sort of tap into something and create that through your imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And so on one level, that could be seen as like channeling in an energy that you thus then become a different version of yourself in order to authentically play it out as this named character, mm-hmm. right? So um, on one sense, like actors are complete natural channels, right? When um, when I was living in Sedona, they, um, the college out there brought me on to teach beginning and advanced acting. And about halfway through, I realized that I wasn't teaching acting anymore. I wasn't teaching this, um, I wasn't teaching techniques, right? Um, now, when it comes to reframing your subconscious, right, and getting into a higher state, you like, I love teaching techniques. Mm-hmm. But at that time, what I realized is I was teaching authenticity and getting in touch with that most authentic, truest, badass version of you. Mm-hmm. And in acting, you know, they say it's non-acting, right? To act is to not act because you have to, like, you have to believe it. Yeah. You have to believe that what you're saying is true. You mm-hmm. have to channel that. You have to create this visual of this character. You have to channel it in, and then you have to speak as authentically, as, like, or authentically as this character, and believe what you're saying. Yeah. Right. That's what makes the best actors. Is they're not. There's no acting. That's why when you see a bad actor, you're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> right. Because yeah. Because right? you can try, Yeah. You can sense that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that would be a lot of the. You can sense it, and that would be a lot of the things that even in acting class that we would say. It was like, no, do that again. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. No, do it again. I don't believe you. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, on one sense, it's interesting because. Like, I, I feel like, at least for me, right, there was one part of it where I felt like I was fitting into so many characters that I was losing, like, my authentic, like, my authentic self, like, who I was, right, mm-hmm. or am. And so, needing to kind of, like, separate that, because you really are, it's like, like I said, you're channeling in all these different things, so really being able to have that process of separating Mm-hmm. what you're channeling in that even though you're aligning to it authentically it's like but who are you then mm-hmm. right and that I think kind of goes hand in hand with you know this process that we're talking about of you know past and false identities like yeah. what is your false identity character that you've been playing for such a long time and who is then your true authentic version of you yeah. right so, I wanna, so yeah I mean acting's always been fun but yeah, yeah it um there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap between spirituality because I think spirituality is just really aligning to your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when all is said and done, right? I love talking about kind of mystical things with you, or just kind of expanding with you a little bit because you're so good at talking about it. And I want to also ask you what your thoughts are on. I don't want to say past lives because it's it's like kind of like all one plane, right? So like. 
We're talking about channeling, like becoming our authentic selves. And when we're born, like, you know what I'm going to get into here, but can you talk to us a little bit more about past lives and like understanding our authentic selves through all of these streams? Okay. Keep going. Okay, cool. But it's, you're following. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So you have this emotional marker, and um, and and then that creates a cellular memory. So the next following year, like all of a sudden, you could be like having a great day, and then the very next day, you're like, I'm just hanging out in my apartment, and why am I so sad? Right? Or you get those bursts of like, I don't know, I'm just super excited. I don't know why. People might think that I'm crazy right now, but I'm just really, really happy. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is because of that cellular memory from that prior year that's like reactivating. Mm-hmm. Right? Or it's in um, it's in your spell or your makeup. It's like having a blueprint. Right? Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons, again, why doing like past life regression or using hypnosis, right, and, and rewriting or reframing those past experiences at the core are so key in the work that I do in allowing people to step into that next higher version of themselves so they're not, those act like anchors, mm-hmm. right? Because you're just constantly getting triggered. It's like, like I said, relationship PTSD or like life PTSD, like all these different emotional experiences from every year. It's like, just go to the core, release that energy there so that then it's not acting like this ball and chain as you continue into your future, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Now taking it a little like quantum into past life experiences mm-hmm. because your physical body is operating with those rings, mm-hmm. right? For this life that you're experiencing thus far, but now your soul or your spirit that's inside of this physical body still has um, those energetic memories, those energetic markers from the previous physical incarnations that this your uh, soul has then inhabited other bodies in different lifetimes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we say either doing past life regression or whatever, I'm like, great, do past life regression, but what's the purpose of doing past life regression if you're not going to go back then and like release any trauma or emotion out of that so now it's not hindering you in this life or even more exciting you can go into those past um lives or whatever and actually access or reintegrate positive experiences positive wisdom from lessons that you learned in those past experiences like how beneficial would that be to be having that in this life Mm -hmm. right Mm mm-hmm so do you think that we consciously chose these bodies and this physical experience that we're having now before we came into our little earth suits? <laughs> <laughs> I remember being really, really excited to like incarnate down here. And so the like body store that there is, like I was at like the front of the line and I'm like, that body looks good. I want to buy that one. I'm going to incarnate with that body. Wow. I don't know that she could come with like a couple other like, you know, not so fun experiences, but <laughs> um, so do I think you choose your bodies? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think you, to a certain extent, I mean, so on, like being real, yeah. who really knows? Like who really knows? Yeah. Like we don't really know. And that being said, I believe that we do because I also am a believer that we are the creators of our reality. Right. And I believe that we're bringing consciousnesses or tapping into past um, life consciousnesses or future life consciousnesses um, if we choose to live that conscious lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's what a conscious lifestyle is, right? It's not 
just being vegetarian or eating right or doing yoga or whatever, right? It's really embodying the fact that you are a conscious creator of your reality, Mm -hmm. right? And personal power and fun and adventure that can come with that, Mm -hmm. right? So I believe that if my soul and spirit was like, yeah, we're going to go down. We're going to like, you know, have an amazing mission on helping to shift, you know, cultural consciousness through like dating and business and all of those fun things. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you want to experience that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What do you want to do with that? Yeah. So we came in as... Still being able to maintain that vulnerability. 
Mm-hmm. And those are part of what make us whole and complete because we all, like the yin and the yang, it's two sides, but it's of a whole, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if we have a resistance to that, then it's really just saying that we have a resistance to those parts within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in all relationships, uh, because I'm a believer that there, like, there's nothing wrong with relationships, right? There's how we are relating to each other, right? And getting right with how we're relating with each other. But the relationship itself, relations, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like, how we're relating, our inner masculine and our inner feminine is relating together. We're being integrated together mm-hmm. is then going to be, you know, uh, um, reflected in any other outside relationship and how their inner masculine and feminine is relating together. So I think the evolution of both men and women is this integration of an inner masculine and an inner feminine to release the resistance of all of the power that you have within you and how it shows up in all relationships. It's like, you just wouldn't have to take anything. I don't know. Personally, it's like, it's like, it's a partnership, right? So if, if one day in a relationship, you know, the, the girl's like, cool, I need to run more of my masculine. Mm-hmm. Then having a man that's like so comfortable in his masculine and feminine, he's like, cool, babe, handle it. I got you. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you come home, like I will be that strong masculine so you can go into your feminine. And if there's a day where he needs to be in his feminine to re- like getting in touch with those emotions and feeling vulnerable for his own process, mm-hmm. then having a woman be able to say, you know what? Yes. I can hold that space for you, babe, without taking away from his masculinity, his edge, his like, right? That okay. essence that we like feel is sexy, like looking at sexiness in a totally different way mm-hmm. and being able to support each other no matter what you're needing to experience in that moment. Yeah. And then going, uh, I want to say like going back again mm-hmm. because that's the, that's the difference I feel like that causes conflict. If a woman is too inner masculine too much of the time, then what role does the man get to show up as? He, his masculine essence doesn't get to show up in that dynamic. Yeah. And if a man is too much in his feminine too often of the time, then the woman doesn't get to show up and as the feminine and letting that as expression of her feminine show up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's this dance of going back and forth um, in a partnership because you have that accessibility uh, within you because there's no resistance to that within you. That was a very long way of answering. No, that was great though because it's complicated. You know, I think we all have these uh, understandings that society has told us of what masculine looks like and what feminine looks like. And if a man cries, he's not strong. So it's like we're really reworking all of this to understanding vulnerability as strength and it's just like having these conversations to rewire our programming really. Yeah. Breaking the cycle of past programming so that you can step into that authentic version of because mm-hmm. it's not, um, you know, because to be honest, like, and, and I'll be real with this in the sense that for a long time, I saw the word vulnerability as weak. Mm-hmm. And even being a woman, I saw that as like, oh, I'll be too girly, right? I'll be too 
so if if we can all shift our awareness on the belief systems, what we make vulnerability mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, it used to be said that, you know, having a woman standing next to a man is, is the most powerful, right? It's that dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. And also, let me check those too, because we have same-sex relationships, mm-hmm. and same-sex relationships still have a masculine and a feminine dynamic. Yeah. That's what I think so really beautiful about same-sex relationships because that dynamic like I've never been in one right so I really I can't speak fully on that and yet giving so much like respect to it it's almost like they they do that dance Uh right you women coming together like someday she might feel more masculine and then the other one might feel more feminine and vice versa and the same thing with two men coming together Mm -hmm. so why is it that just as a conscious awareness or as an energetic, we can't all sort of adapt that way of relating mm-hmm. to each other, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, we should ask some people that are in same-sex relationships. That would probably, so I, I don't feel comfortable speaking about that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just kind of a human thing. It's a human condition and we all have to kind of balance that out. Um, exactly. Yeah. Take away the, the physicality and look at just the energetics. And I feel like that, like that's just relating. Yeah. We're relating with nonverbal energetics before we're relating with physical interaction. So well said. Yeah, exactly. Um, in one of your recent Instagram lives, you were also talking about. Well, we're going through a lot of planetary shifts. We just had this like full moon um, and we're kind of shifting into new dimensions as a massive, you know, mass collective that we are. And it's sometimes causing us to feel tired or can you speak a little bit more about like what these energetic shifts are that we're experiencing as a mass collective and, and what that even means as we're shifting through them? Okay, so dimensions are... I look at dimensions as um, they're states of being, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like it's not somewhere you go. So even when we're talking about like you know, there's there's that conversation that's like, okay, are we going to five D? You know, and then what six D and seven D, whatever, right? Yeah, like, what um, is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, what is that? What is this six D seven D? Like, yeah. Like me and my wants and, and what I need 
Mm-hmm. And maybe then the next level of three-dimensional perspective is like, wow, okay, um, I, I had a part in this relating experience or, um, okay, I can't, I can't project everything onto you because, um, well, I said some things as well or, and then whatever you said and then, um, that had me feel a certain way and, right, and, and, oh, well, I probably said some things that had you feel a certain way and now I have compassion for how you feel, mm-hmm. right, because I can, I'm able to jump into a different perspective, maybe jump into your shoes and see the dynamic from your eyes versus just from my eyes. Now I have a multiple dimensional perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, another higher perspective than that, right? Now we're getting again into like higher self perspective, seeing everything from above. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like the <laughs> what do they say about stories, right? There's there's his version and her version and the truth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right? And so on the positive side, 
a telepathy for us. Yeah, it's like a digital telepathy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that that's allowing us to connect with so many people all over the world, um, is it, and this is just posing a question, um, is it then uh, stopping our level of connection within? Mm. Right? So, however many years down the line, like we have so much, like our, our, the young kids right now, I mean, the baby, like my niece is three, right? And she has an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, there's this toss up of will the evolution of our awareness become smarter and more um, heightened in awareness, or will it potentially be slower mm-hmm. in awareness because of this technology aspect? Mm-hmm. And yet, um, I feel like whenever there's something that we're experiencing that we're like, okay, we see the positives and in going into that direction, but then we also see what we still need strength in. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. Where we're seeing all these amazing possibilities that we have, and yet, is it stopping our connection with each other? And if it's stopping our connection with each other, then that can only be a result of it stopping our connection with ourselves. So it really comes down to the more that you can get like integrated and aligned and connected with the highest version of you, the most authentic version of you, mm-hmm. and letting that ripple through your relationships, through living your purpose, through whatever that is, the more that you can live within that alignment, mm-hmm. the more that's going to um, have, like, that's going to transcend any limiting aspects of, um, of that connection. Does that make, did I explain that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I also want to kind of trail off that and talk a little bit more about finding our purpose. And I think a lot of us get a little bit confused about what we're really supposed to be doing here, like, without having a clear idea. So sometimes we, we tend to become like cogs in the machine or we settle for something that might not be the best for us because we just don't know what to do with ourselves. So can you speak a little bit more about on you know finding your purpose and what that looks like? Okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Right? It really is the between that, right? How you then offer what you are the source for in the whole universe is whatever you would like to bring that into. Mm-hmm. Some people want to start helping people through um, being a practitioner or coaching, right? That's one of the, the, the aspects that I love of working with, like, the cycle breakers that really want to, like, step into that position of themselves of, of being a practitioner or helping others, right? Mm-hmm. And really creating a conscious business that helps do that, mm-hmm. right? Creating that, um, that personal brand that really is alignment with your authentic self. Um, for some other people, that could be writing a book, that could be starting a charity, that could be um, starting a family and really being the source of whatever that is for your family, yeah. right? So what your purpose is, is different than how you bring your purpose out to the world. Hmm. Those are two different things and I think they get collapsed all the time. So finding out what you're really a source for, like that's fulfilling in and of itself. If you've got part of your heart that then says, cool, I want to bring this out to making a greater impact, how would you like to do that? Mm-hmm. That's a that's another discovery process, right? But it's not as complicated as everybody makes it like, what are we supposed to do with ourselves? First, it's finding out what you are the source of. You can also find out what you're not the source of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the process of elimination of that. Yeah. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And, and it sounds like what you're saying is is it comes from that place of joy or what makes you feel good in identifying, does that make me feel good? Am I leading with love here or perhaps fear? Is, does that, is that an accurate reflection? You could say it that way. You could say, so that to me speaks to the beingness, like how you're being when you're offering whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know if that, um, like if you're just being like, you could be the source of love, yes. Now, how would you like to offer that source of love? Mm-hmm. Those are two separate things, Yeah. right? Because you could totally just be there and be the source of love, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Right. Some people get a heart calling that they're like, okay, I want to do something more with this. Mm-hmm. But we make the doing all yeah. complicated, yeah. right? It's not It's not always as complicated, but you have to first, um, like everything, honestly, Like I feel like I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it really comes back down to like alignment with your highest version of yourself, that highest version in alignment with like your, it's the higher heart mind, mm-hmm. right? Feels like it's in connection with what you're the 
more. Um, and finally, I know you love to pull. Well, we're making it complicated. Yeah. We're making it complicated. Mm-hmm. That's only the only thing that makes it complicated. It's just the computer. Yeah. But you have to tell the computer what you want, and that's where I guess imagination gets to come into play, right? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there like, okay, my purpose has to look like this, and blah blah blah, and it's like all complicated, you're all squished, and right, and then you feel anxious and tight and stressed, and like that's not fun. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not in alignment with that. If it feels fun to have conversations like this and doing podcasts and like, mm-hmm. right? And, and that feels like fun to you, you yeah. know? I mean, it's one of the, that's what, like, I don't always say yes to every podcast, but I was like, okay, does this feel like fun right now? Yes, it does. Oh, cool. we're going to do this. That's a privilege for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Follow the fun. That's just the easiest way to look at it. And it's like, it's so funny because, I know, we're not so complicated, but then we get in our heads and it's like, just being able to identify the difference and like objectively observe that. And it seems like that's where meditation can be such a good tool for us. Um, Whether it's even just like, you and I are kind of similar, it's like the act of contemplation and like not necessarily shutting your mind off because just like letting it run. Mm -hmm. Don't, you don't have to, one, that's not possible. Yeah. it's like quiet the mind, like it's not, you can't do that. And um, so, right, um, um, Einstein talked about, right, knowledge is limited and imagination is what I'm gonna, that's not the exact quote, uh-huh. right? But like our imagination is one of our greatest strengths and, and powers because that transcends knowledge. You can have knowledge, but if you don't have imagination to like, what it's going to look like and get into like that visualization of what you want it to look like and what would be really fun. Mm-hmm. But we get so caught up in stress and what we think that we have to do that we are not playing in our mind. Yeah. We're not visualizing. We're not fantasizing. We're not daydreaming. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, I got to do this and the checklist and the checklist and all of these things, but that's not fun. And you lose sight completely if, or, you know, a little bit, if not completely from that create outlet, that creativity is also feminine essence. Mm. So again, kind of circling a little bit back to if you have resistance or suppressed of that feminine uh, essence of, at least on the creative side, mm-hmm. right, then you're going to be so much more in the analytical. There's, you know, varying degrees of, so I want to I be really clear, like it's not, you know, like the blueprint shows you kind of exactly what that is, but on an overall essence, creativity and imagination and fun and play like you can't ever go wrong with that yeah right not supposed to be as complicated as we're making it we're humans and we all make things more complicated before we make them easy that's just somehow like a human condition that we all (laughs) incarnated with i don't know yeah i have to still find myself of that i'm like come on (laughs) this is not like yeah Yes. Do you think that comes from like comparing ourselves too much to others and like getting in that kind of world and the social media world and that distracts us from that? Like, do you think it's important to take a break from social media? I guess that's where I'm going to go with that. Okay. So I'll answer this way. If social media is no longer fun for you, then take a break from social media. Nailed it. Yeah, exactly. shift our emotions 
whenever we want to, right? Like that's the other kind of very common um, between like being an actor and and really stepping into like that higher consciousness of you is is that emotional intelligence that you can shift out of any emotion anytime you want. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones. We can't blame emotions on anybody else. No one can make you feel something yes. unless you have an agreement to it. So that in turn means that you're in full power of all of your emotions. And that in turn means that you can shift your emotions on and die. Yeah. If you allow yourself to, if you're going to sit there in the looping conversation of what you're making it mean and allow that negative emotion to build and fester, then sure. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether it's social media, your business, or every relationship that you have, none of it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So we have this whole thing of like measuring our level of value by how many likes we get. If you make it mean that your value is based on likes, that's not going to be fun. Yes. If you go on there and you're like, like every post that I do has a purpose for inspiring, for um, offering any little bit of wisdom or guidance, right? It's usually like I'll get off like a client session and we'll get this amazing new awareness through that dynamic. And I'm like, cool, I need to turn around and be able to share this message or mm-hmm. it's some downloader that I've channeled through that I need to be able to share. And so many people are like, oh my God, it resonated or that's right on time and thank you so much. Yeah. So that to me is like, if you're feeling like you're too in the head or it's not fun, then how can you turn around and get back about uh, to being of service mm-hmm. that it's not about you, yeah. right? Like, how can you make it about someone else and what you're there to offer and support and, and serve in a way that feels good and feels like fun? Yeah. If you're making it mean something other than that, then I don't care what it is, it's not going to be fun. Right, and most of the time, people are just thinking about themselves. They're not so much thinking about what you're doing anyway, so it's like getting out of our own way, kind of, and remembering. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if we compare ourselves with um, other people of what we're doing, one, I'm sure you've probably read this, I don't know who said it, but it's like, don't compare your chapter one or five with somebody else's chapter 20 or 25, right? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be somebody who's on a different chapter than you. So there is a little bit of thing, sure, where, you know, they often say, like, (laughs) you know, don't be the smartest person in the room, you know, surround yourself with people. Have you heard that one? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to speak to our, um, you know, being in a room that that feels really empowering, Mm -hmm. right? Like, don't be the smartest one. Be around people who are teachers that can offer you something, right? And be in that energy and that environment. The shadow side and the downside of that is, well, then you feel like the dumbest person in the room. I constantly put myself in rooms where I'm not the smartest person, and then, yeah, I feel like the dumbest person. And I got to check that and be like, okay, this isn't, like, where can you show up and, one, not make it about that story, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're all making these stories, and then how can we turn around and give? How can we offer something? Because then it's not about us. We're humans. We make everything about us. Yeah. Everything is about us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You just stop and be like, it's not about you. <laughs> like, <laughs> sit <laughs> down. <laughs> exactly. Even, especially that goes really well when people are projecting onto you things. Yeah. And they feel a certain way, and it's like, it's not about you either. Yes. It's not about 
And like, how does that show up? It shows up in our relationships, romantically with our friends, with our family. Like, and can you speak a little bit about how our relationships are kind of our mirrors to us, and and looking at that? <laughs> uh, sure. So, I um, <laughs> I think sometimes people get frustrated, maybe when I say this, uh, but I don't really care because it's a truth that I've aligned to and. And, and the ones who, who really want to step into that, like, highest, powerful version of this, uh, themselves, like, are totally going to get this, mm-hmm. right? And I know you're totally going to get this. So, if we are the creators of our own reality, right, um, everything outside of you, everything that's happening outside of you is that projection, right? It's like, it's like having this beacon come from, I don't know why it's coming out of the heart, right? <laughs> coming out of the And then we wonder, 
wonder why it's attracted in our reality when we haven't cleaned up the inner reality. Yeah. Yep. Like, do a cleanse. <laughs> yeah. What I started to notice is that when I start to take more responsibility and start to really work on myself instead of putting it on to my partner, like, he will start to change without me having to do anything. So it's like, it just happens. It's like magic. It's so real. Yeah. It's like magic. Yeah. Yep. And now I have to remind myself, I'm like, if you are bothered by his hair or something, fix yours and maybe he'll, like, you know. <laughs> it literally works like that. And he's so good at, like, calling me out on it, too, and being calm. But, yeah, and it's also similar with, like, money and business, isn't it? It's, like, where we find our worth and everything, and, like, that echoes into everything. How we... So I'm a believer that how we do one relationship is how we do all relationships because it's not the relationship. It's how we're relating to this thing that we're calling the relationship, and yet we have a relationship with everything. Mm-hmm. When I look at a relationship as like, uh, like a consciousness, right? Kind of like a child, mm-hmm. right? So how you are relating to that child, how two people or three, depending on the relationship dynamic that you're in, how you're relating to this relationship is the, the alchemy between uh, those dynamics, right? That's what we have to focus on and shifting. But let's stop blaming this relationship. There's nothing wrong with relationship. Mm-hmm. It's how we're relating to that relationship. So you take that into money, into, you know, yes, into romantic um, and business. And then, like you said, like with money, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, in, in my course, <laughs> this is so funny. So when when I wanted to shift that relationship with money, right? And I was like, okay, it really is like that dynamic um, of a relationship, right? Yeah. Even though it's money, um, I was like, well, there's something that we need to heal. We have this, like we have all these beliefs. We have this um, way of being, right, That that is really like sort of stunting and suffocating our success, mm-hmm. our abundance, whatever that is, right? So that needing to be healed, it's almost like when you have an argument and then you need to like make up, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And everybody loves the makeup. You get makeup sex, you mm-hmm. get makeup, right? Everybody feels like warm and fuzzy and happy again, right? Yeah. So I created a course called Making Up With Money. Love that. Because mm-hmm. you're literally, thank you, because <laughs> you're literally like breaking up with, you have to first break up with like all those limiting beliefs that are that are suppressing success in your abundance and fully like finally transform your full relationship with money Mm -hmm. so it all goes hand in hand how you treat each other how you treat yourself how you treat money they're all very um similar Mm -hmm. right money is a little bit different because it's working with it um and it's sort of like a non-tangible, right? But it still is a relationship. Yeah. So everything is interconnected. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, whatever you're talking about, like, you know, being bothered about his hair, that could have something to do with your money relationship. I don't know, because it's not really about his hair, is mm-hmm. it? It's some underlying thing, and it may not even be about him. <laughs> oh, it never is. No. Mm-mm. It never is. No. It's all me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just constantly having to come back into that, like, perspective of, like, okay, own this, come into this. Um, yeah. yeah. If, you know, I like that you say taking responsibility. 
responsibility because that's also a big scary word that so many people are like, oh, yeah, responsibility. Like I don't know, but um, and I think last time I said that I think because I, I got it wrong. I think I said Superman, but I don't think it was Superman. It was Spider Man. Who is the one that said with great responsibility comes great power? Was it Superman or Spider Man? Oh know. man, like one Superman. of them. But they were right. <laughs> Love grows where attention goes. 
So it's like if we're ignoring money, if we're like I can't look at my bills right now, it's like we're not giving attention to it, so it's not going to give us that feedback yes. as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So if you got a couple crinkled, not you, right? Anybody? Like if we've got crinkled up balls of wads of cash somewhere, mm -hmm. why would more money? Why would <laughs> that? Yeah. Money? Such a good way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So Like to the T, and this is what the sword house is. But um, 
yeah, I try to look at it, I guess, and, and just see how I feel looking at the image and what I can relate to in it, and then look into it a little bit deeper. So we'll yes. play a card for our, like, collective listening group here. Like, what, what message do we need to receive? We got the Ten of Wands. So it looks like this, um, I'll show it to you. This guy kind of, like, in the middle of all of these obstacles and like these wands spinning around. So it's like, a, it looks like kind of a balancing act. Do you know anything about the 10 of wands? Um, I don't, so that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm an oracle girl. Okay, this one's saying stagnant energy. Success is wonderful, but if left unchecked, it can get away from you. In the 10 of wands, a man balances responsibilities, promises, and tasks, all of which he knows intimately. For the moment, they are under control, but holding them has become a burden. You are expending a great deal of energy right now holding things together. What is the price? The original spirit and creativity that shone so brightly in you is fading quickly, swallowed by the tangle of obligations. It's time to use the lessons of these wands to fix the situation and restore balance. Running idle, a burden that's crept up, um, taking on too much, not saying no, lack of balance. It reminds me of our um, moment when we were talking about, like, follow the fun, follow the joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, oh, my goodness. Okay, so what's really, really funny is, I don't know what's been happening in my field, but one, I've been, like, hyper-intuitive, and the synchronicities have been crazy. Mm. So... Um,
Exactly. So I thought of that on, I don't remember which line it was that you were reading with that card, but it yeah. was like whatever you're holding on to mm-hmm. and like really fully, like how long you're going to hold on to that and fully like letting that go exactly. and using what you have. Yeah. And that story is like so literal too, because our emotions like affect our bodies too. So if we're holding on to all this like stress, it's like our shoulders like tense up and like disease forms from that. So it's very literal feeling the way that you described that as well. It's amazing. Everything starts in the energy body first before it hits your physical body. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. Yeah. So when I started studying the bio field, uh, you know, you have a mental body and an emotional body and a spiritual body and an astral body. You have so many different vibrational bodies mm-hmm. and those can get clogged. Those can get um, stagnant. Those can have just needing to be cleared, mm-hmm. right? And whatever energy or uh, vibration is in there, um, by the time it hits your body, like it's already been in your energy field for a long time. Mm-hmm. So if it's, uh, if it's a mental uh, thing or if it's a physical thing, I remember like talking with them. 
they were saying. Yeah. Um, crystals aren't strong enough for this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying that because I love crystals and I, I love what they do, but their their purpose is to also absorb energy and then turn around and amplify it. Mm-hmm. With so much of the EMF in the field, they're absorbing it and then they're amplifying it. Yeah. So for those of us who have a lot of crystals, we have to actually clear our crystals more now than we ever have before because it's actually creating more of a toxic environment because they're doing its job. Yeah. They're amplifying the field around. It's just the field around is more and more toxic now. Yeah. Right? Electromagnetically. So what I have been doing, um, uh, my other business um, is Sovereign Alliance, which we make holograms that the, it's, it's basically ancient wisdom merged with modern design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these okay. holograms you're putting on your, your phone, your computer to kind of um, transmute that energy and deplete it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do for external reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like our internal and our external um, reflect each other. That's one of the reasons why we, we need to really, like, well, we don't need to do anything, but it's, yeah. um, <laughs> it's supportive to our to our highest enlightenment, to, right, have the internal reality, right, our emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, and, and mindset to be in alignment, but then also reflecting the external uh, reality, like we're a byproduct of our environment as well, so yeah. that's what I do for the external, uh, for the internal is obviously that inner work, right, really getting clear on, um, clear mindset, shifting out subconscious programmings and patterns, really getting in touch with your emotional alignment and your highest uh, spiritual alignment. Mm-hmm. But then on the physical, the physical is like, I just started taking um, more B vitamins, but there's this thing called B stress tabs. So mm-hmm. I have a, um, a conscious lifestyle products, Amazon store, right? Mm-hmm. The link is on my Instagram bio where it's like everything that I personally take. Great. <laughs> so okay. the supplements that are called, right? So the supplements that are called B stress tabs,
be in there.